Okay. All right. All right. So we are starting a new series, just like we have announced. Um, and the series is titled Apostolic Living. Apostolic Living. All right. Um, I mean, that's, that may sound like a very deep topic, but it's, yeah, I mean, yes, it's deep, but it's foundational and simple, right? It's simple to understand. Um, the applications and the implication, of course, is deep, right? Because it um, influences the way we live our lives here on earth, right? And um, so, yes, in that sense, it is deep. But in terms of understanding, it is simple to understand and it is basic, right? So I'm just going to dive right into, right into it. Um, so today I'm going to share my screen. I am going to share my screen. Just give me a minute. Um, let me get that ready. While I'm sharing my screen. Okay, let me know if you can see my screen. I can see your screen, I can see you. Okay, good, good, good. Um, so we're looking at apostolic, apostolic um, living today, all right? But first off, um, let me first, let's understand what an apostle means or who an apostle is rather. All right, and um, in the in the Greek word, right? So just pardon me. Um, it's the Greek word for that is apostolos, uh, while the verb it's uh, apost apostello, right? So the noun of it in Greek is apostolos. The verb is apostello. But the reason why I brought these two up is to is to express the idea, the the fundamental thought behind it. And who is an apostle? Simply put, an apostle is a delegate or an ambassador. Right, someone who is set apart and sent on a mission, meaning an apostle is someone who is sent, basically, and that's what it means in the, in the Greek, apostolos. Right, it means the sent one, and then the 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 action of being sent, right, is called apostello. Okay, um, you don't have to remember the Greek or anything like that. I just put that there to show the origin of the word. So when we talk about apostolic living, I'm not saying everybody is called to be an apostle. Definitely, no, in sense of um, the ministry gifts, right? Where the Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 4, that he has given some to the prophets, apostles, teachers, preachers, and um, evangelists. Okay, I'm not saying in that sense that everybody's called to be an apostle in that regard. What I am saying instead is that everybody is called to live apostolically, okay? Meaning in our approach towards life and in our approach um, towards Christianity and our work with God. We are called to live apostolically. And that's why I, I'm starting by explaining the meaning of the word apostle, right? It says a delegate or an ambassador, someone who is set apart and sent out on a mission. So fundamentally, as Christians, we are called to live with this identity, with this mentality and with this mindset that we are called to live as people who are delegates, as people who are ambassadors, people who are set apart and and sent on a mission, right? And sent out on a mission. This thought is very important because it, it re-engineers the way we approach life on, here on earth. You know, the Bible teaches us, obviously, that we're not going to be on earth forever. The Bible also teaches us that since we, are, we have limited time on earth, 
There's a manner of way we should behave. There's a way we should approach things. There's a way we should um, respond to things, all right? And that is what this teaching is all about. This, that, this is the mindset that this teaching conveys, where we are living as Christians with a particular mindset, knowing that we are not just Christians born waiting for the day we we'll go to heaven, okay? Um, we, are, we are here on earth. And, and if you think about this closely, you see that is the reason why God didn't just take us to heaven immediately. Of course, heaven is reserved for us. Heaven is a beautiful place. Heaven is a place where we all desire to be. But some would have thought about it and say, if God, if heaven is, if God loves us so much and heaven is so beautiful, why doesn't he just take us to heaven immediately we give our lives to Christ? Why would he still keep us here on earth for several years, you know, just to suffer all that is going on here on earth? One of the reasons why God still keeps us on earth is because on earth we are his ambassadors. On earth we are his, we are his saint men, we are his emissaries, we are his delegates, okay? And heaven needs ambassadors here on earth. Heaven needs delegates here on earth. So for, for, heaven's, um, for the kingdom of heaven to advance and to progress, all right? And so because of that, God keeps us here on earth as his apostles in that sense, as his saint ones. Not Again, not like, like I said, I'm not saying everybody's called on, to be an apostle in terms of the office of an apostle, but I'm saying that every believer is called to live apostolically, meaning our approach and our, our disposition towards our, our operations here on earth should be from with that mindset, with the mindset of someone who is sent. Okay, so I'll go by it again. So an, um, an apostle is a delegate or an ambassador, someone who is set apart and uh, is sent out on a mission. All right, so let us proceed now. Um, so like I said, this describes our mindset and our attitude, what our mindset and our attitude should be here on earth. We are called, we are the set apart ones. We are, and we're also sent on a mission um, um, on here on earth, all right? Okay, so what is God's strategy then? Um, what is God's way of, what is God's way of recruiting apostles or what's God's way of recruiting believers and sending them forth here on earth? And I'll just, this is just an offshoot of what we said initially, that one, God's strategy is that where we'll first be with him, and then secondly, that we will be sent out. Okay, so let me take that again. God's strategy is that we would first be with him and then that we would be sent out. But before we dig deep into this, let us read um, two passages of scripture. So let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. Mark chapter 3, um, verse 13 to 15. Anyone that is there can read for us, please. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to himself the men he wanted to be his close companions. So they went, they went up the mountainside to join him. He appointed the twelve whom he named apostles. He wanted them to be continually as he said, as his friends, and so he could send them out to preach and have authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Praise God. Um, Faith, please read verse 14 again. He appointed the twelve whom he called 
whom he named apostles. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to be continually at his side as his friends. And so he could send them out to preach. Praise Jesus. So this is very powerful and very instructive because he says that the first thing, why, first reason why Jesus Christ called his disciples was that they should first of all be with him, all right? And then he will send them forth to preach, all right? Or yeah, send them forth to preach and to carry on the assignment. So God's method is, there, is number one, to first call you aside unto himself. That is the way God operates. God doesn't operate by, by just sending people out. No, he first calls them into an intimate relationship, right? That's why if you, if you look at the slides here, I said perpetual fellowship. He first calls them into perpetual fellowship and says, come and be with me. In fact, the way King James puts it is this. He says that they should, they should be with him. So that is the first thing that we should be with him, all right? So as believers, God's agenda and God's method for us is that when we are when we become believers, he calls us first to be with him. That is the place of fellowship. So the place of fellowship precedes the place of assignment. Do you get that? The place of fellowship with God precedes the place of assignment for God. So being with God comes first before doing something for God. All right? And God called, calls us first to be with him in fellowship. The reason is because it is in place of fellowship that a lot happens. Transformation, um, revelation, empowerment. Think about everything, right? It happens in the place of, of fellowship. Everything that you require and you need for a successful assignment, it occurs in the place of fellowship. So God says, all right, you know what I'm going to do? The first thing is I'm going to first call you to be with me in fellowship before I am now able to send you forth, all right? So the first thing, again, let me emphasize, the first thing is to be with God in fellowship. So fellowship precedes our assignment. I know that there are people that, that, um, that come into Christ and they are, they are eager to do things for God, which is absolutely great, um, but there can be a temptation of skipping the part of fellowship with God where you, you are not yet, you are not grounded and you are not settled in God and you just run off in, in an attempt to do things for God, Okay. And um, that is why when, when, when Jesus Christ came to the house of Mary and Martha, and Martha was all about the place, you know, preparing for Jesus, um, preparing the meals, trying to attend to Jesus Christ. And Mary came and just sat at his feet and was listening to him. When Martha came to Jesus and, say, and said to him, would you tell my son to come and help me? Jesus Christ said, she has chosen the right path, right, right path. He says, what, the things that are important are very few. And Mary has chosen the right path and to not be taken from her. Now, this is not to mean, Josh Christ was not saying that it is not good to serve him. What Josh Christ was pointing out was the other priority. That priority first is to stay with Jesus. Priority first is to fellowship with Jesus. And then um, before we can now serve him in terms of activities. All right. So the first thing is to stay with him in fellowship. That's what God does. He brings us into the beloved. And that's why God doesn't send, I mean, think about it broadly speaking. God doesn't send on assignment anyone that is not first a that is not first part of his fold. Do you get God doesn't call anyone into, into, a, into an assignment, all right? Um, without without you first being part of his, his fold um, as a believer. So the first thing is for you to be with him, to spend time in fellowship and in communion with him, all right? Now, the second thing is, for, is that you'll be sent out. 
And, and um, this is also important because it is possible for people to come to God and just enjoy fellowship, right? So the first part, the part of fellowship um, doesn't carry so much responsibility in terms of what we are to do, okay? Fellowship with God, excuse me, fellowship with God is, is pleasurable, um, is sweet, is delightful, right? Just staying at God's feet and enjoying him is awesome, is wonderful, but God doesn't want us to end there, right? God wants us to proceed into a place of responsibility where we now go on assignment for him, okay? So we, this is the way God, God designed it, that we come to him, we stay in the place of fellowship, we are nourished in the place of fellowship. And let me state again that the pla- we, we can never outgrow the place of fellowship, all right? So it's not, it's not that we leave step one and then completely abandon it and move to step two, no. We will always be in the place of fellowship. However, we must start from the place of fellowship before proceeding, right? And before adding and including um, the place of assignment, all right? So, um, um, it says that we would, so the second the second point says, second step, rather, is that we will be sent forth. Now, that, that stage requires in, um, responsibility. That This stage of being sent forth is where there's now much responsibility placed on us as believers in terms of representing God in the lives of people, in terms of um, carrying out God's purposes on the earth, in terms of, of reaching out to other people and bringing them into the fold, okay? And this second um, stage, right, um, um, is, is quite, is quite um, like for lack of a better word, let me say monotonous, in the sense that there's a lot of restriction in your activities, there's a lot of purpose in your activities, you don't just wake up and do anything you want to do. Reason is because you are conscious that God has God has sent you on a mission. All right. Um, and when I say God has sent you on a mission, I'm not referring necessarily referring to being called into a ministry to be a pastor or an evangelist or a prophet or any of those offices. But I'm saying that as a believer, fundamentally, God sends us to places. So this may require this may be um, in your workplace, this may be in your business, this may be in your fiscal um, geographic location. This may be in any way and in any form. In fact, God may even send you personally to the, to, to the life of someone, right? Whatever it is, God sends us on assignments. And when we get to this stage, we have to be purposeful in our dealings. Our, our purpose, like I put here, our purpose influences our decisions, all right? And um, however, like I stated here at the bottom, you cannot effectively be sent out without being first with him in fellowship, all right? You cannot effectively um, be on a, carry out an assignment for God without, first of all, being in fellowship with him. It would not just work. And you see, even, even physical companies, right, earthly companies, uh, before they send you to, let's assume, a company, uh, a company in the United Kingdom, let's say a company in London, for instance, before they send you, as a delegate or for the center to represent them in, in Malawi, for instance, yeah, you, you have to be trained to be able to represent them, all right? And so the same thing too with God. Our place, the place of fellowship makes us, makes us acquainted with God. It's in the place of fellowship that we are aware of God's method, we are aware of God's, God's character, we are aware of God's um, capacity so that we can adequately represent him right, when we are sent forth, okay? So remember that 
we don't just stop at fellowship. We proceed to the place of being sent forth, all right? And let me say this at, at this point that, yes, we will make heaven. And, and, and our, as Christians, our, our ambition shouldn't just be to make heaven. Making heaven is a, is a function of God's grace that we have received, right, in salvation. But we should leave that elementary, you know, you know the, way, the way a lot of Christians paint it is that, is that oh, I, I, if I make heaven, I'll be so lucky. And it sort of defeats, it's rather, it is contrary to what the Bible actually teaches. Because the Bible teaches that we are citizens of heaven. You will not, if you are not sure whether you make heaven or not, then it's a, there's a high guarantee that you, you are not, you are not qualified. I mean, there's a guarantee that you are not a believer. But if you are a believer, then you are guaranteed that you make heaven. What our, our, what we are fighting for, what we are aiming for is that reward in heaven. All right. When we get to heaven, what the reward will be. And the, what determines our reward in heaven is largely this second point, our assignment, what, our ability to carry out the purposes of God on the earth. And that is really what this whole um, series is all about, um, apostolic living, where we are conscious that we are sent out on assignments, regardless of what the assignment could be, but we, we have that consciousness that we are sent out. And this assignment is what, um, sorry, this assignment is what determines our reward in heaven, okay? So we should not just be comfortable with the fact that we have fellowship with God. Um, we should yearn to do the will of the Father. There is a separate, a, a separate blessing, I beg your pardon, a separate blessing that we partake of when we do the will of the Father, when we are sent forth, all right? So I hope that is clear enough. Um, please give me a thumbs up if that is clear enough. So I, I know I can proceed. Okay, thumbs up from Faith. Anyone thumbs up again? Uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, no thumbs up anymore. Is, is it clear enough? Any thumbs up from anyone? Okay, good. Okay, clear enough from Emily. All right, praise God. So let us proceed to the next, um, to the next slide. Okay, no, no, hold on. There's one more scripture I wanted to read for us before we move to the next slide. Um, John chapter 20. Let's look at this. John chapter 20, verse 20 and 22. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 20 through 22. Anyone there, please read for us. John chapter 20, verse 20. Yes, please. Then he showed them the wounds of his hands and his side. They were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated his greetings. Peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Praise so, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, I think that is fine. Yes, 22 is fine. Right. So this was after Jesus resurrected um, and he appeared to his disciples to show them that he was alive. Right. And verse, my emphasis is in verse 21. Then Jesus Christ said to them again, peace be unto you. He says, as my father hath sent me, even so sent I you. Jesus Christ was in the business of sending forth people. And, and uh, we're going to look at this from next week. We're going to see that Jesus Christ didn't just end, 
uh, Jesus Christ didn't just stop at calling his disciples to enjoy, you know, very nice stories and very nice parables and say, oh, you know what, um, there's this man, if I did this and that, and, and that was all. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ ended up sending his disciples. And every time Jesus Christ calls people to him, he always eventually sends them forth. So I read the scripture to show us that Jesus Christ is in the business of sending people. And just after he resurrected, one of the first things he told the disciples was, just as the Father sent me, so also I am sending you forth. Meaning in the same capacity, in the same, um, in the same vein, in the same experience and everything, right, that the Father sent me, it is the same way I am also sending you. So us, we, we've been sent, right, which is, which, is, which is the meaning of the word apostle, basically. That is a sent one. So um, we've been sent is a, is a vital part of our Christian experience. So it's not just enough for you to enjoy fellowship with God, enjoy prayer, enjoy studying the Bible. A time will come where God will demand for you to go forth and, and be sent. Um, um, how do I put this now? Go forth and reach out to people as an, amb as an ambassador to represent him. All right? So when that time comes, let us not shy away. And like I said, this is not, necess this is not necessarily... Um, referring to the fivefold ministry, but this is a mindset that every believer ought to possess. The mindset that I am on earth, the reason why you are not in heaven yet is simply because God wants you to rep represent him on earth. So you are, the mindset is this, that I'm on earth and I am on assignment. And let me tell you the truth here. It is easy to know a Christian, it is easy to to to, to see and know a Christian that is living purposefully from, and, uh, from a Christian that is just living, you know, anyhow. Okay, just imagine this. Imagine you are, let's say, so for instance, now I'm in Lagos. Imagine someone from Lagos is sent to Abuja for a particular conference, right? And the conference is a three-day conference. His company sent him to Abuja for a three-day conference. If you meet the person, you can easily detect, right, just by observing his actions and the way he lives his life, you can easily detect that you can easily detect that this person is, is here for a reason. One major uh, major proof is that the person doesn't just do anything. No, there are things the person will do, and there are things the person would not do. Meaning, the things that the person would engage in are most likely things that support his assignment in Abuja. And if the, imagine someone comes and says, "Oh, there's one nice Kilishi joint." Um, so for those of you that might be listening to this later on, or even currently, that don't know what kilishi is, kilishi is a form of dried, very dried meat, all right, peppery dried meat. And um, the the song comes and tells the man and says, you know what, come, there's this kilishi joint in in Garki, you know, let's go and have fun. We're going to have fun from from 4 p.m. till till 11 11 p.m. The person will obviously say no because he's here on an assignment. He's here for a conference. And enjoying Kilishi, as good as it sounds, is not part of the reason why he's in Abuja, so you have to decline it. So when we live with a sent mentality on earth, there are certain activities that we will not participate in. There's, there's a way we would live our life, and that's what Paul was saying when he said, um, every, um, some things are permissible, but I won't be, I won't be, I won't be controlled by them, all right? So there are things that are not necessarily wrong in themselves. But because you know you are here on an assignment, because you are conscious of God's assignment for your life, it will influence the way you act. It will influence your, your disposition towards um, life here on earth. Okay? And just for the record, and this is not to scare anybody, but just for the record, we're not going to be on earth 
um, forever, all right? And no matter how long you live, even if you live for 200 years, it will still be a very short time compared to eternity. So it's important that our mindsets are, our mindsets are, are wired to maintain the consciousness of our assignment here on earth. Praise Jesus. All right. So, so I, I feel like I, I should go back to the first slide just before I proceed. I'm going to step back. So I'm going to step back a um, few slides, right? Just to explain what we started with, that an apostle is a delegate or an ambassador, meaning one who is set apart and sent out on a mission, okay? So mark the word ambassador, and then also take note of the phrases set apart and sent out. Praise God. All right, so let's proceed. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. Let us read that place together. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse, two, verse 17 to 21. Um, I'm going to call on someone to read for us. Let me see um, who's going to read for us. So Faith, you read. Um, Lola, do you want to read for us? We're reading Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. Lola, if you're there, please read for us. Second Corinthians. Yes, go ahead. Um, Second Corinthians five, seventeen to twenty-one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God. He reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not continuing people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Mm -hmm. we, implore, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise Jesus. Thank you so much for that, Lola. So I want to take this step by step um, just so that we understand where we're going to verse 20, right, as our emphasis. But I want us to take start from verse 17. And verse 17 is a very popular scripture that every believer should know because it's so, it contains so much truth about our current identity. It says that if anybody is in Christ, that person is a new creature. It says that the old has, has passed away. Um, some translations say the old order of things have passed away, and it says, behold, everything has become new. So this is talking about someone who just gave his life to Christ, right? It says that as long as you, you come into Christ, the moment you step into Christ, you are a new creature, right? And from the heavens, from heaven's perspective, you you you're, you never existed before. You you just started your existence from the day you were born again. All right, and and it's a very deep mystery, but we won't dwell on that for long. So it says once that happens, um, verse eighteen now goes on to proceed that to explain that all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. So God wanted to reconcile us to wanted to bridge the gap. So it's almost like there was there's this wide gap between God and us. Right, so God breached that gap between us through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ was the bridge that reconciled us to to God. All right, or, or think about two people that, that, are, that are quarreling or two, two people that are fighting, 
and then someone comes and serves as a mediator, which is a legal term for um for some meaning someone that goes in between, all right. So Josh Christ came to to mediate that relationship and to to um to bring reconciliation. So that's what Josh Christ did, and that's what verse 18 is saying, and it says that. Josh Christ did not just stop there, but after reconciling us, he now gave us that ministry. Meaning, when we come to Christ, we are new creatures, okay? And we've understood that, um, that Jesus reconciled us to God. Jesus Christ carried a, a, a very important ministry in reconciling us to God. And he transferred that button over to us um, uh, as reconcilers, you know, part of my, my terminology. He said, now that I have reconciled you to God, I'm also entrust, entrusting you with the responsibility to reconcile others back to God as well. This will now help you understand when Jesus Christ said to his disciples, just as the Father sent me, so, am, so also am I sending you. All right, meaning the same way the Father sent me to reconcile you people back to me is the same way I'm also sending you to reconcile the other people that are out there in the world um, back to the Father, Okay. And it says, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and he, he has now committed unto us the, the message of reconciliation. Now, verse 20, he says, now then, in fact, a translation, um, I don't remember which one exactly, I think it's TPT that says, therefore, we are now ambassadors. To understand that verse 20, you need to, again, read verse 19. Verse 19 basically explains to us that God was reconciling the world through Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ has handed over to us, right, the ministry of reconciliation or the responsibility of reconciliation. So verse 20 now says, because Jesus Christ has handed over the responsibilities, we are now ambassador, ambassadors of Christ. Meaning that, and the word ambassadors is something I want to discuss, just like you can see in this slide, right? Meaning that there was a purpose for which for, for which God had in his mind, right? It was purpose God had in his mind for which he now entrusted us with the responsibility of being ambassadors. And that purpose is to bring others to Christ. Meaning that the way, we, the, the measure of our success as ambassadors will be the, the, the extent to which people are reconciled back to God. That is the priority of, on God's heart. Yes, we would, um, we would be great in this life. Yes, we'll be influential. Yes, we'll be blessed financially. Yes, we'll have successful homes and businesses and all of those things. However, the measure of our success as ambassadors is, in, is the extent to which we have reconciled people back to God. And let me say again that God, it, there's nothing too expensive for God to spare as long as it would reconcile people to God. Okay? Think about it. The Bible says that in the book of Romans 8, that he that did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us freely. He says, will he not along with the same son give, give us all things? What that means is that if God did not hold back Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, right? But he gave him to us, that wouldn't he give us every other thing freely? In other words, there's nothing more expensive than the life of Jesus, but yet God gave that life for us freely. God is now saying that there's, if he could give Jesus freely, then there'll be nothing too expensive for him to release into our hands. However, as long as we are connecting people back to God, all right? So ambassadors, that is who we are. Um, so verse 20 again says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you um, by us, we pray you in Christ's stead 
to be reconciled to God. All right. So Paul was explaining the the crucial role that we play on earth. Okay, as ambassadors. So it's at this point that I want us to discuss, um, so that we have a, a a fundamental understanding of of you know what an ambassador or who an ambassador is. So I want I'm putting this up for discussion. What are the rights and um, responsibilities of an ambassador, and you know how can you relate that to to our Christian work? Okay, yeah. So this is this is up for discussion. Anyone wants to go first? What is our or uh, what was the word now? What are the rights and responsibilities of of an ambassador, and then how does this relate to our Christian experience? I mean, you don't have to have studied political science to answer this question. Just share with us your basic understanding and um, let's know. All right. Anyone wants to go first or should I call? Should the spirit move? Faith, are you saying something? Oh, um, yes. Okay. Um, so from the passage we just read right now, mm -hmm. I'll start with the responsibilities. Okay. So the one of the responsibilities of an ambassador is um, a reconciler, like you said, basically um, ministry of giving ministry of reconciliation to reconcile all men back to God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. So yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. Yeah, so that's for responsibilities. I'll come back for rights. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, so Faith says here that our responsibility is to um, reconcile, right? Taking from the text we just read. Powerful. Thank you so much, Faith. So we have one responsibility to reconcile. Um, anyone else wants to go? What are what are the rights and responsibilities of an ambassador? So before the next person goes, you can take a cue from. Um, I mean, from fiscal ambassadors, you know, when we have an ambassador of of um, of England to Nigeria, right? What are his responsibilities? Or we have an ambassador of of France in the United States. What you know would be his rights and his responsibilities? All right. Anyone else? Someone going next? Rights and responsibilities of ambassadors. Hmm. Should I call on someone? The spirits, I, I mean, if the spirit doesn't move, I can, you know, move the spirits. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, Ian, do you want to help us? What are some responsibilities or rights of a of an ambassador? Ian, do you want to help us? Uh, sorry, I'm on the road, so I'm very noisy. It's, okay, that's fine. Um... Okay, um, who else? To me, uh, sorry, I didn't pronounce that. To me, yes. Okay, hold on to me. Um, Ian, are you still saying something? You're muted. Okay. Okay, okay. So to me, do you want to go next? What are some responsibilities and rights of an ambassador and how do they relates to our Christian faith? Um, let me try to answer the question. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. All right. Okay. Um, the rights 
but let me see the responsibilities let me go with the responsibilities of an ambassador it's like uh, making sure that there is teamwork in the body of christ where people come together bringing people together to work for christ so maybe it works in the church now for example if there is work to be done in the church then you can bring people together as a team make sure that everybody's heart is connected together to work for good in the church then for the rights what is it right so <laughs> i mean you know rights rights just think of privileges and um yeah the perks the perks of being ambassador mm -hmm. um rights can be i don't know the fruit of the spirit <laughs> okay yeah okay, so okay. you should as an ambassador you should have the fruit of the spirit in you because it is your rights yeah okay 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 thank you i mean I, I didn't think about it from that angle but yeah that's that's very helpful um ben ben guy your hands up please go ahead okay um good evening everyone good evening um pastor victor so <laughs> i i just want to read up um what i found in um, the commentary in tpt version okay. of that scripture yeah. and it says to be an ambassador for christ means you are is diplomatic agent of the highest rank sent mm -hmm. to represent Jesus and authorized to speak on his behalf. So we are the voice of heaven to the earth. We are invested with royal power through the name of Jesus and the authority of his blood. So um, my understanding of that clearly is, you know, being an ambassador as God is, so you are here on earth. So everything um, that God represents, you know, talking about the rights, you have the right to also heal the sick. You have the right to also ensure there's peace, you know, in your, in your, in your, in your environment, in your life. Um, mm -hmm. An ambassador that I know, you know, everything, for, for example, an American ambassador would enjoy all the benefits of an American citizen. I even hear up to the point of is drinking water is, is imported. They don't drink Nigerian water. So, um, everything that is attainable in America, they try to bring it down here for them. So as Christians, everything that the life of Christ has provided for us, we also have to manifest it by design. You know, that should be our, our default state. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Benga. That was so powerful. And I mean, the commentary from TPT was, was very insightful. So we are both ambassadors here on earth, all right? And um, there's, there's, there are several applications to that statement and to that identity, just like we've already started sharing. And I like what, what, what you talked about, remember when you talked about the fact that the, the, the government that sent the ambassador is responsible for the upkeep of the ambassador, all right? So they are, they are the, I mean, rights, like I said, and then they are, they are the responsibilities. So part of the rights is that you are funded by your government. You are not, the ambassador of a country doesn't wake up thinking, Hey, how am I going to make money today? No, the ambassador is sure that there's there's going to be money for him. There's going to be resource and supply, right? Because um, because his government funds his stay in that country. Do we get that? Um, the ambassador doesn't. The ambassador is not even concerned of 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 security because he's he's covered, he's protected. Even in countries where there where there's war. The embassy is always heavily guarded. 
because if anything happens to the embassy, it's as good as something happening to the country um, of that of the, the country that owns the embassy or the country that the embassy is represented in. So the ambassador has certain rights, right? And of course, responsibilities. Um, it's the responsibility of the ambassador to represent the country of his origin, meaning it's his responsibility to not just, in fact, it's almost as though a, an ambassador doesn't have a personal opinion because any statement the ambassador makes will be recorded as the country making the statement. So if the ambassador for Nigeria in the US goes on to say something like, uh, for instance, um, for instance, right, I mean, not I'm not being political, just this is an example. If the ambassador says, oh, I don't like, I don't like the vice president um, um, of, the, of the United States, even if that's his personal opinion, right, that singular statement can cause a lot of um, friction between the two countries. So the ambassador doesn't, can't just speak his, his own opinion just like that. He has to speak the opinion of the country that he represents. And what this means for us as believers is that um, we represent heaven, represent the kingdom of God, represent Jesus himself. So our conduct and our actions should be reflective of the one that we represent. All right? So I'm going to go to the next slide. And um, this concept of ambassador is something we would still we would still deal with um, more. Um, but I just wanted to begin the conversation today. All right. So I looked up something. I looked up something online today, and, and, and this particular phrase really, really caught my attention. It says an ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative to a specific nation or international organization abroad. Let me read that again. An ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative, meaning that in the kingdom of God, for God to, and, and this is so powerful and heavy, for God to look at us and say, you are going to be my ambassador, that means God, God ranks us higher than every of his created being. And this is consistent with scripture, right? Because Psalm, Psalm, Psalm um, 8 says, and, and, and Hebrews, Hebrews talks about it again, Hebrews chapter 1, says, what is man that you are mindful of him? He says that um, um, you made, that referring to Jesus Christ, says you made him a little lower than angels, right? If you read, if you read um, the, the Hebrew there, it says, you made him a little lower than Elohim, meaning the Godhead, all right? So God, in, the, in, in God's hierarchy of, of created beings, God ranks us as believers higher than every other of his creature, all right? And it's because of, we see that represented in the fact that God has made us his ambassadors. So it is so, it's so much an honor. It is so much a privilege and it comes with heavy responsibilities, to be honest, all right? So an ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative to a specific nation or international organization abroad, all right? Now, um, I want to also point something concerning this term ambassador. You know, God, in scriptures, there are several things that God... There are several things that God refers to us as, you know, um, as believers, okay? So there are, um, God refers to us as light. God calls us light of the world, um, salt of the earth. God calls us um, 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 royal priesthood, ro uh, 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 a kingdom of priests and kings, pardon me, please. And there are so many things that God calls us. And God calls us his children, God calls us sons, God calls us the beloved, God calls us friends, so many things. But when it comes to the term ambassador, all right, 
it carries a certain kind of formality and responsibility to it. And let me explain. You know, if, for instance, and, and I just, let me just let me try and juxtapose between an ambassador and a and a child. Okay. Yes, we are all children of God, but when we begin to assume the role of an ambassador, the stakes, you know, are, are a bit higher. And I'll explain what I mean by a bit higher. Now, because we are, are we are ambassadors, okay, our actions, just like I, I mentioned earlier, our actions, our statements, our way of life has implications. Again, back to an example of, of the fiscal ambassador, the ambassador of um, the ambassador of Nigeria to the US, for instance, if I, I mean I don't know who he is right now, but if the ambassador, for instance, is um, caught in a kind of in a certain kind of illicit action, all right, it will affect the whole image of Nigeria. Even though there are over 180 million people in Nigeria, right? However, one person's action, because he's an ambassador, can affect the image of the whole of Nigeria because that person is representing the country, the person is representing the president, right? It's almost like it's, 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 an, it's an extension of the president in that nation. However, however, the um, the actions of the of that person will not stop, actions of the ambassador will not stop the ambassador from being a citizen of the country. How, but he could be fired, you know, from that role. Let, let me give a practical example. Let's assume the um, ambassador of a country A, right, is representing that country A in the country B. And then in that country B, this ambassador is en engages in you know, drug trafficking. If he's caught, he would be sent back, he'll be relieved of his position as an ambassador, he'll be sent back to, um, to his home country. However, he will still be a citizen of that country. His father will not will still be a son of his father, do you get? Um, there are certain things that will still re remain. Now, what I'm explaining, right, and I want to draw a parallel to our Christian faith, is that we need to move from just being children of God. Yes, we are children of God. If we if we fall, if we make mistakes, you know, fall in temptation and all of that, it will, not, it will not stop us from being children. However, as ambassadors, it will impact our work and our, our responsibilities as ambassadors. Does that make sense now? This is where I'm going to. So when we when we begin to assume the um, responsibility of ambassadors, the stakes become higher. Okay, it doesn't mean, of course, that we will stop being Christians if we make mistakes. No, not at all. It doesn't mean that um, God will deny us. No, never. God will never deny us because the re the, the the requirement for being His children is um, is by grace, right? So our actions will not be sufficient enough to just make God deny us immediately. However, when it comes to the responsibility of being an ambassador, then our conduct becomes very, very important, all right? And so this part is where we now begin to go deeper into it. But I want to just establish this foundation again and repeat some things I've said, that as, as children of God, as, as Christians, as believers, yes, we will fall, yes, we will make mistakes, and the grace of God is, is too deep for us to exhaust. And the grace of God will always cover for us, all right? The mercy of God... Is, is unending. However, our actions and our conduct as ambassadors is extremely important. So if you hear a believer saying, you know, it doesn't matter what I do, God will still forgive me. Yes, it is true God will forgive you. However, what you do would impact 
your responsibility as an ambassador. So when we think when we begin to talk about our, repre our about our representation of God here on the earth, then we now begin to, we now need to pay close attention to our conduct and to our um, our character. All right. Okay. So I wanted to read something here. Um, okay. So I want to read something before I proceed. Good. Um, John chapter, well, before I read the statement, let's read the, the book of John chapter 5, verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. Today's Bible study is just to set a foundation for um, the coming weeks, right? So when we're, we are taking it, like I say, we're taking it softly. So John chapter 5, verse 19. Anyone there can read for us, please? John chapter 5, verse 19. So Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truths. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. I only do I only do the works that I see the father doing, but the son does the same works as his father. Praise God. So this was Jesus Christ. Um, and this verse... This verse we just read, verse 19, right? It, it, it shows us, gives us an insight into the mindset that Jesus Christ had when he was on earth, right? And what's the mindset? He says, I can't do this. Someone can't do anything of, of his own self. It is the same way an ambassador cannot just wake up and say anything by his own self. Yeah, just like I said, ambassador cannot just come and voice out, voice out his own opinion because he knows that he's not just speaking, he's not just speaking for himself. He's speaking on behalf of of the one who has sent him there. That was the mindset that Jesus Christ had on earth. And this verse of scripture reveals that. He says, I can't just do, do anything by my own self because I am sent. He says that the son cannot do anything by himself, but whatever he sees the father do. Meaning that the way Jesus Christ operated on earth was that he looked at the father and, and saw what the father was doing and basically mirrored that same action on earth. So when the father was healing, Jesus went forth to heal. When the father was, was providing, Jesus Christ went forth to provide. Whatever the father was doing, that's what Jesus Christ was doing. And this should be our mindset here on earth as well. That we, we are not, we are not, I, I want to say this in a way that may sound um, contradictory, but, but I'm going to explain it, okay? It might, it might sound controversial, but I want to explain it. And let me make the statement first. We are not original in ourselves. We are, we are secondary, meaning that our actions do, do, not, do not originate from us. I mean, as believers, our actions should not originate from us. Yes, I know motivational speakers say you are on your, you are, you are, how do they say it again? Look to yourself, look inwards, look into your heart. But that is very, very slippery as a believer. You can't do that because if you look inward, except the only time you can look inward as a believer is when you're looking to the Holy Spirit inside of you. But when you begin to look inward in that, in the sense that motivational speakers typically, you know, say it, um, then you have a tendency of originating your actions and it will, it, very soon, it will be inconsistent with the, with the one who sent you. So God's idea is that we look to him. Yes, he lives inside of us. And like I said, that's the only reason why we look inward. We're not looking inward to ourselves. We're looking inward to the one that lives inside of us. All right. And um, as, as ambassadors, we can't originate actions from ourselves. We need to represent the one who sent us adequately, okay? So 
Here on the slide, I wrote that we are we are only effective. <clears throat> we are only effective ambassadors to the degree we are acquainted with the culture of our nationality and the continuous communication with our base. Remember what I said. Um, the first. Sorry, let me move back some slides. Um, when I said here that good, this slide where I said that the first responsibility is to be with him and then that's fellowship with Jesus Christ and then second is to be sent, sent forth, right? Now, this statement is just, just basically captures that thought that the only way we can be really effective ambassadors is that we need to be, first of all, acquainted with the culture of our nationality. So we're ambassadors of Christ. What is the culture of Christ? What is the... What is the character of Christ? What is the method of Christ? What is the, you know, you know, the Bible says that the believers were called Christians first as, at Antioch. Why were they called Christians? Was well, simply because they behaved like Christ. Meaning that they were representing Christ so well that when these people saw Christ, saw them, they, there was no difference between their actions and the actions of Christ. So they had to call them and not, they had to relate them somehow to Christ. So they called them Christians. And that is exactly who we are. We are ambassadors of Christ, people who reflect and represent Christ, okay? So our for us to be effective as ambassadors, then our actions, our, our, our motives, our disposition, our mindset, everything should reflect the kingdom and the one that we present. But how can we effectively do that? We must first be acquainted with the, with the culture of our nationality, all right? And then secondly is that we need to be in consistent um, communication with our control station or with our base, right? Give me one minute, please. All right. Then we need to be in constant communication with our base. Okay. Now, two things again, let me say, two things that this slide is, is, um, is saying. Number one is that we need to be acquainted with the culture of, um, the culture of Christ because he's the one that sent us. Secondly, we need to be in constant communication. Now, it is possible, for instance, um, let, me, let me use Nigeria as an example now. It's possible for the ambassador of Nigeria to Canada to, you know, go to Canada. Yes, he's an ambassador. He goes to Canada. And then he now sees and he goes to Canada. He's like, wow, this place is beautiful. I love this place. And then he just decides to forget communicating with, um, with the, with the uh, ministry in Nigeria, right, that handles foreign affairs. Let's, let's assume it's the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So it's possible for this ambassador to go to Canada and then look at the place. Oh, this place this place is so beautiful and so nice. And then he just enjoying himself and he forgets that he's actually on assignment. He forgets that there is a ministry that he needs to keep con con um, constant communication with. And then he just enjoys himself. That is a possibility. And that's why this second part is important that as ambassadors, we need to have, maintain continuous communication with our base, which is heaven, which is Christ. Because it's possible for, uh, for us to come to earth and say, and I mean, look at the cars, look at the houses, look at the food, look at everything, look at growing businesses. And, and in, the, in the height of these, our experiences, we can forget that we are sent on earth, uh, we're sent on an assignment here on the earth, all right? And so for us to maintain effective um, um, operations here on earth, we need to be one, acquainted with the culture of our nationality, and then two, we need to maintain consistent communication with our home. And, and just put simply put, consistent communication here means 
um, fellowship, all right? I hope that is clear enough. Okay, so I said here, um, okay, I've, I've, I've read this. Let's go to the next slide. We want to look at um, two things lastly um, as we wrap up for today. Let me check the time. Okay, good. As we wrap up for today, I want to look at two things. Now, um, I, here I call them competence and character, okay? Remember that all along we'll be talking about, we'll be referring to ourselves as, as ambassadors. And um, again, let me go back to the beginning. I'm going to go to the beginning of our slide. Good. Beginning of our slide, sorry, here says that um, an ambassador, an apostle is a delegate or an ambassador, okay? So when when I say the, when I say ambassador, just bear in mind apostle, apostle. The reason why I'm not using the word apostle so much is because um, it's easy to confuse it with the ministry gifts. So I'm using the word ambassador so we know that it's referring to all of us as believers, as Christians. Okay. Now, as ambassadors, we, we, we need to adequately represent the country we are coming from, okay? <clears throat> and what this means is that we need to have the competence and we need to have the character. So typically, um, they don't just say, select ambassadors because, oh, the, this person is related to, to the governor or to the president or to uh, anything like that. No, they select an ambassador based on certain qualities. They look at his competence. Does he have the ability to negotiate? Does he have, does he have, have the ability to speak in, in public and, and speak, you know, confidently? Does he have the ability to... So um, what else? To, does he understand foreign policies? Can he tell when there's danger? Can he tell when there's opportunity? You know, based on those competencies. <clears throat> also, they look at his character and say, is this person, you know, let me just say they'll say Nigeria, you don't want someone that will disgrace you and embarrass you out, out there, okay? So, and, and not just for a country, think about companies as well. When they send companies from, when a company sends a staff as an ambassador, they want to know that is this person a, or is this person of worthy, um, character can this person sufficiently represent us and not not mar our image okay so an ambassador has to sufficiently represent the country right um he's he's been he's he's been sent from and two important things come to mind when we talk about um representing the country or or, or being being um being sufficient in that capacity and number, uh, the two things are competence and character. So let's look at two of them. But let's read Psalms chapter 78, verse 72. Psalm 78, verse 72. Um, someone should please read for us. Someone that has not read before, please do us the honors of reading. Psalm 78, verse 72. Anyone that hasn't read before can read for us. Um, anyone, anyone? So David shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Please, can I read that again? Just one more time because it was short. So David shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Praise God. So this was, this is talking about David, right? Um, King David in Bible. And he says two things that David, two qualities that David had. Number one, he says that David 
I'm reading King James. It says David fed them according to the integrity of his heart, meaning David had a good heart, right? And he fed them from the integrity of his heart. And that integrity represents character. So David fed the people, he led the people, he, he shepherded them from the integrity of his heart. So that represents character. But he now goes on to say that he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. And that represents competence. Meaning that David both had both character and competence in leading the people. And I believe this is God's expectation from us as his ambassadors, that we have both integrity of heart, which is character, and then skillfulness of heart, which is competence. Okay? And um, this is important. Okay? Now, let me... Um, no, before we move to the next slide. When we talk about competence and character, right? Before we move to the next slide, I just want to expand on competence a bit. Now, when we talk about competence, we're talking about competence in two, in two realms. Let me put it that way. Because we are human beings, we exist in two realms, both the spiritual realm and the physical realm, okay? So we're talking about competence in both realms. Let me start from the physical realm first. first. So competence means um, in, in anything we are involved in, the place of our work, um, our business, our, our skill, our talent, whatever. God expects that we, be co we are competent. The reason why is because the Bible says, let your light so shine before men. That's Matthew chapter 7. It says, let your light so shine before men. It says, what will happen next? That they will see your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. Meaning, <clears throat> when your light shines before men, remember, not, not before angels, but before men. Not before spirits, but before men. Okay? When your light shines so much before men, they will see your good works. Meaning, they will see the result of what you have done and then they'll give glory to your Father in heaven. This That verse of scripture has several applications, but one of it is that let your light, let the, the illumination from your work, from what you do, from your, from your talent, from your skill, from your service, from your business, from anything, let it so shine before men that they will see your good works. They will see the quality of what you do. And that what happens is that it will end up bringing glory to God. So God's eventual... <clears throat> sorry. Sorry, excuse me, please. God's eventual aim is to, to take glory from what you do, okay? And that is why the Bible says whatever you do, whatever work you do, do it as unto the Lord, meaning do it as though God is, was your boss. So the kind of excellence that God requires from us, right, in, the, in our places of work and what everything we do here on earth is so that, is such that that would be, that would be, um, worthy of being presented to him. So imagine if God was your boss, how would you do your work? Simply put, okay? And the Bible says that let your light in that regard so shine that when men see it, then they can give glory to God. All right, so that's competence in terms of um, on the fiscal side. Now, spiritually as well, we must be competent, meaning we must have capacity in the realm of the spirit. It's not just enough to to know how to quote scriptures, but let the scripture be life in you. Let the, let the depth of, the, of those scriptures be your reality. Let the practice and the power of scriptures be your experience. So we're not just talking about being competent physically. Yes, it is good, but also being competent spiritually. If there's a sick person in your house, can you pray for that person to be healed? If you meet a demon-possessed person, can you cast out the demon? Do you know how to lead people to Christ, um, lead people to feel the Holy Ghost, lead people in, um, into maturity in Christ? That is spiritual competence, okay? 
So competence in that in that regard is super important as well. And what the Bible says that we need we need competence and we need character. All right. Now, of course, character is very is is, is simple to to explain. Character is character. Okay. Uh, we're going to drill down on that, but I, I just want to point point out that character is you know when we when we when we talk about the fruit of the spirit. If if you ask anybody's, um, for instance, if if I ask, let me say Bemiga, for instance, if I say ask Bemiga, um, does this person have have a good character? And he says, oh yes, um, this person has a good character. Let's say the person's name is is um, Daniel, for instance. I I say ask Bemiga, does Daniel have a good character? Bemiga says, oh yes, he has a good character. In fact, let me tell you, Daniel is so is a patient person. He's very patient. He understands. Daniel is caring. Daniel keeps his word. Daniel doesn't tell lies. And then Bemga goes on and on and describes what character means. If you check all the description of that character and you compare it with the fruit of the spirit, you find that we're talking about the same thing. So character simply refers, in our context now, refers to the exemplification of the fruit of the spirit. All right? So we have competence and we have character. And sadly, there are Christians that have one without the other, right? So there are Christians that are competent. Now, for the purpose of this, for the purpose of this discourse, let's look at competence from the spiritual part, okay? Um, although it is, if you look at it from physical part, it will still be applicable, all right? But there are some Christians that have competence in um, in spiritual things. For instance, there are Christians that can pray. If you say, "Let us pray," oh my God, the roof would blow open. But if you leave that prayer room and you go to buy food, let's say you go to a restaurant to buy food, and you see the way they treat the, 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 the staff, the, the waiters, they treat the, the security, you wonder if this is the same person that was just praying in tongues. They can treat, talk to them anyhow, talk to them without respect, you know, um, shout and just, you know, make a, a fuss about little things, no patience, no, um, no, no care, no love, no nothing. But they can pray. Ah, you ask them to pray, they will tear the wall down. There are people like that. They have competence spiritually, but they don't have character, and that is really sad because it becomes okay. No, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to talk about it because I need us to discuss it in the next slide. So the the other extreme is that there are Christians that have character. They are very good. They have never hurt a fly. They have never told a lie. They have never done anything wrong. In fact, they maybe have never been taking coffee. They have never drunk, never smoked, never done. In fact, they are so, their character is spotless, which is very good. But in terms of competence, they are lacking. So if you call them and say there's a spiritual, there's a there's needs to press in the realm of the spirit and achieve a, a victory and, and get things done, they don't have that capacity. All right. And that is not good as well. So there are two extremes. So I want us to discuss next, right, just quickly, what is the result of omitting one of these things? What will happen, for instance, if a, let me, let me, let me ask one after the other. If a, if a Christian has competence without character, what would be the result of that? Someone wants to help us. What would be the result of, I mean, what would, what would happen if a Christian has competence, but he doesn't have character? Someone wants to help us. Um, Bemga, by the way, your hand is still up. Does that mean you won't answer or it's just been up since the last time? Oh, oh sorry. I, 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 I should have taken my hands down. 
Um, but let me just um, attempt um, the, the question. Okay. I think for that that kind of Christian, it would almost begin to people would view that Christian as living a um, double standard life. Mm-hmm. Um, if such a Christian would look like um, basically living a double standard life because we are seeing you scatter roofs, scatter everywhere in the place of prayer, and then in the simple things of life, you are your character is called to question. You can't even show a little compassion here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, patience on the queue is a problem. So that kind of person would not be a worthy ambassador of, of Christ in, in a sense because. Christ is an embodiment of both character and competence. So people will see that kind of person and say, and, it's, and he calls himself a Christian, yet he's still in the office. But if it's time to pray, he will be there. So that kind of person would, 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 would not be a true ambassador of Christ by virtue of standing on one leg. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thanks a lot. Okay, so my next question now is, what if, and I mean, Sean else should answer this, please. What if the Christian has character but no spiritual competence? What would be the result of that? Um, anyone can answer that. What would be the result if a Christian has character but no spiritual competence? Anyone wants to give a try? Um, Ruth, do you want to help us with that? Try, um, you know, explain to us what could be the result of someone, of a Christian who has competence, who has character, sorry, but no spiritual competence. Ruth, if you are there, please help us. Your mic is muted, so we can't hear you if you're speaking. Um, okay, I'm not sure if Ruth is there. Um, Oduayo, do you want to help us? Character without competence, what would be the results? Um, All right. Hi, good evening. Hi, good evening. Um, I would would say such person would would be like an empty shell, in my opinion. Because I believe both of them should work hand in hand to a very large extent. So if one or the other is missing, Actually, like, like if your competence but your character sucks, you would, it would, it would tell, it would affect whatever it is that you. Even if you're the best at it, but you're not, you're not a good attitude or your character doesn't speak well, it would, yeah. it would not work well, or it would not. I don't know. It would just seem off. So I would say such person would be like an empty shell. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, one more, I'm not even sure we have time for one more person. Okay, let me just go straight forward to, to add to what um, Bemga and Ayo has, has said. He, just like first, like Bemga said, um, character without, sorry, competence without character would, um, would, it would almost, I mean, it's like work done equals zero because if you check what you check when just what Josh Christ said in the book of John, that the way people will know where his disciples is by, the way we by loving each other, right? Which which is character in itself. And then on the hand of competence, there was a time when 
They brought disciples to cast out demons. They said, okay, people have been with Jesus. We'll be seeing you behaving nicely. That's fine. Well, Jesus is not around. Now cast out this demon. And they could not cast out the demon. You know, so it makes us insufficient as witnesses um, to the kingdom of God. So basically, like Ayo said, if you miss one without the other, then you'll be, you know, an empty shell. There'll be one part you, you may be strong in, but then um, the other part would be, by time by time the need for the other part arises, it will defy the message that we're trying to, to communicate. Okay, so we're going to have to stop here um, because we're out of time. Um, however, there's one last part. We're going to look at case study um, just on this note. So we're going to do that next week. We're going to look at James and John and John the Baptist. What happens when you are without character but you have competence, and then um, what happens when you are with when you have competence when you have um, character but no competence? You know, we'll look, we'll look at that next week. Okay, so we're going to end now. Time is fast spent, but I'll take one question if there is, and let me stop sharing my screen. Just look at us. Okay. Um. Any question from anyone based on what we've learned today? Any question at all concerning what we have learned? Faith, are you okay? Lola, Ruth, Bemiga, Emily, Odwayo, Tumi, are we okay? Any question at all? Okay, no question I see. Okay, no question then. Um, like we always do, one thing you learned today, just one thing you learned today before we go. Um, one thing you learned um, today before we go. Anyone wants to go first? Lola, since there's no question from you, do you want to share one thing you learned, learned today? Um, the... Like the importance of what it means to be an ambassador, and like like you were saying, an ambassador in real life would talk, you know, every day with the uh, government, and will know that the government will always give them what they need to do their work. So similarly, we should we should do the same um, with the kingdom, yeah, as we're ambassadors. Okay, great, great. Thank you very much for that. Um, Odwayo said consistency is key. Great. One last person, one thing you learned today before we go. Um, okay. Um, yeah. I think the teaching of this evening is very timely. Um, I really appreciate um, what you have taught us this evening um, okay. because God is, is, is almost, like, almost like God is looking out for babies to grow up to become sons and and you know take ownership of everything he has provided us with and like we've learned this evening we are ambassadors so waiting again if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm an ambassador and i'm not living like one you know what's the point of being called a rich man and, and, and you don't even have money so it's 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 for us to now grow up it's a call to step up that's my biggest lesson for this evening is a call to step up into um, where God has already called us into. There's no point in, in, in me being called an ambassador and I'm not living that life to the full. So it's a call for me now to um, develop myself in terms of competence and character so that I 
meet the standard requirements to be an ambassador. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. So we need to step up to meet the standard accurately. Um, Faith puts in the group character plus competence. Yes, and I'm, I, I, th I feel like the equ equation should be character plus competence equals to successful ambassador, you know. Praise God. So thank you very much. We're going to continue this next week and we will go deeper. Um, but before we pray, I just have a few announcements. Okay, so first one is um, good news. Roll, roll your drum, roll your drum, roll your drums. All right, so good news is that we're going to have our first physical meeting in Lagos on the 12th of this month. That is 12th of, um, on Saturday, 12th of June, all right? Oh, and by the way, happy new month to everybody. I forgot to mention that. So we're going to have our first fiscal meeting on the 12th of June. We will put out the details. We'll put out the details later. Um, so please ensure you are in, you're following us in our social media, that's Instagram for now, or you're part of our WhatsApp group. So you can, you can get all the remaining information. But yes, we're having a fiscal meeting. Um, I believe this would really help us. First of all, it's going to be a time of fellowship, right? fellowship, prayer, and um, insight in God's word. And also, it also helps us know ourselves. For the most part, we are, you know, we just hear, aside me, that you guys get to see. I don't think most of us have seen each other. So it'll be a good time to get to know people from our community and fellowship with each other, right? So that's going to happen on the 12th of this month, 12th of June on a Saturday. And the details will be put out um, from this, in fact, from tomorrow, actually, We'll start putting out the details. So please invite people and um, set on your calendar. Lastly, we, we we took out a we put out a survey form last week, right? And the responses have been very very good. So I just want to remind us again that if you haven't put out your feedback, please um, do so. I'm going to drop the I'm dropping the link right now in the group. Okay, our Instagram handle, to me, is asking. Our Instagram handle is um, online Bible study underscore. Hold on, let me get it out. Um, so please, I'll put out the, the Instagram handle right now. But please um, fill the, the feedback form. We've got, been getting feedbacks. If I let you, one of the feedbacks that we started implementing is um, you saw today, I, I put up, I, I used a slide, and I've never done that before. So it was one of the feedbacks we got, you know. Um, that to help engagement. And by the way, let me even hear from you right away, please. Was it was the slide engaging for you? Did you like it? Was it a yes or a no? Please just drop it in the chat. Let me know. Okay, I was asking if I can put this slide in WhatsApp WhatsApp chat. Yes, I can do that. Um, to me, said yes. Okay, good slide was engaging. Faith gave a thumbs up. Okay, so I mean, who else do do we? Was the slide okay? Do we continue with it or do you want to be see my, my handsome face every time? Okay, Lola says the thumbs up. Okay, great. So that was from the feedback. So please, we are taking feedbacks. We really want to know um, what, how we can improve and what we can do better. And so <laughs> I also said we can see both. That's great. So please send the, send the, sorry, please send your feedback here. That's the link I put up there. Um, Instagram handle is this. I just sent Instagram handle to the chat. So that's our Instagram handle, online Bible underscore community. 
online Bible underscore community. So please follow us and um, and um, God will bless you. Then God says we should share small chunks. <laughs> All right, we can do better. Okay, so thank you very much, everyone. God bless you. So see you next week, same time. Uh, please invite someone. Make the point of duty. Just invite someone. Send something you learned today and share the. Um, you can share our podcast link or invite them to the WhatsApp group or remind them when it's time for Bible study. Okay, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your help. We are grateful for teaching us today. Thank you for insight, for understanding, for illumination. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be called your ambassadors, the highest ranking officials you have in your government. We thank you. Lord, what we are asking for now is grace to effectively represent you as ambassadors both in, in character and in competence, that will not be lacking in any of these, that will represent you effectively wherever you send us and whatever assignment you, you have for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right, good night, or good, depending on the time where you are. Good day, everyone. See you next week. God bless you. Bye.